Hey everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm joined by Lane Scott. Lane is a writer in California and a former fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. Lane and her husband homeschool their five kids, ages five to 16. They run their own construction building at a business, rather, and small ranch in the California gold country. Lane holds a PhD from the School of Politics and Economics at Claremont Graduate University. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I I loved this, your latest piece. Maybe, maybe it's not. I think it's your latest piece. You wrote yeah. a piece for American Mind, The Mother's Gauntlet. We will definitely put the link up and I really encourage everybody to read it. It is so good. I felt like addicted to this piece. This <laughs> speaks so much to me, but tell me why, first of all, give us a quick summary and why you wanted to write this piece. Um, well, the piece came out of a couple conversations I had with friends. Um, sort of observing the the dual uh uh rise of both trad life and this trad wife expectation on the right and then also something everyone's facing let me let me define that let me define that for people who don't know because this is a terminology you and i are talking about all the time (laughs) trad wife and trad life stands Mm -hmm. for traditional traditional. Mm -hmm. And when I say traditional, I mean, like, you know, the mom stays home, maybe the husband works, the mom has more a traditional role of the household. um, And and you may disagree with that sort of my understanding. How do you define let's go back and how do you define trad life or trad wife? It's it's certainly what they mean, what what people who use the term mean, but you're right. What I my opinion is that it's that never in the history of the world did really anyone live the way that they're kind of describing it's sort of a it's a it's a little bit of a larp it's a little bit of a of a role play um it's it's designed to kind of have a strict separation of male female duties in marriage with children work um and one of the reasons i wrote the piece was just to say well if if you're going to tell women like cool like men will make all the money and then women can do everything else but also none of the institutions that women and men have always had to help raise their children work anymore so you have to be a trad wife and reinvent all of civil society that's basically that's basically it so so my friends and i were talking about this and being like what is so first of all what is so appealing about kind of the modern woman's sort of track where you go you work and stuff because i've always i've always worked i love working i i you i've worked from home for most of my married life but I've always worked. I, I I think that working class women, middle class women often worked. Yeah. So I it's it's a little bit um but my husband obviously uh most of the time is made more money per hour. You know, his time is his is is uh higher pay. Yeah. But I've always worked. Um and the so the conversation I had with my friends is just sort of like what why why is uh this idea of staying home and and then further pulling your kids out of school and homeschooling so two things staying home not putting kids in daycare not working and then homeschooling them what is that what is terrifying about that why don't if it's so wonderful why don't all women jump to the chance to do it right and then also why um what what could we say about it that might be illuminating to people who just say like look it's simple nothing works anymore so marry a trad woman and she can just reinvent civil society it'll be fine like just make it just from like boy scouts to school she'll just she'll just invent the whole thing right well, so well, the- <laughs> well i think i think one thing that i really loved about your piece was that it sort of demystify or debunks the idea of trad yeah. lifery and trad yeah. lifery and because you're right that there's a way in which, and we can talk, I have a little clip I want to play. I also want to talk about some of the men, conservative men out there <laughs> that talk about this trad life. That, and 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 I got to say, one thing that kind of irks me is they it, they sweetly are, compliment their wives as being these trad yeah. wives. But like, yeah, I, it, they almost... <laughs> pretend that their wives don't have complexities and don't have self-doubt and yours was so honest there's this line i love the misery of comfortable women is a great paradox 
You say, watch someone who is provided for, who is set up with middle-class lifestyle in order to simply take care of her own children all day long, be unhappy. Why do so many women run from it? The difficulty women face in staying home and raising their own children is the subject of countless books and articles, the launcher of a thousand Twitter threads. The majority of people are tired of hearing about it, and I don't blame them. It reeks of coddled selfishness and lack Mm -hmm. of self-perspective or lack of perspective. Mm -hmm. And, and then you talk about there, there are risks. There are these great, I love mm-hmm. this part where you talk about, there are these, it's so funny. I told you earlier that like, I color coded this whole thing um, <laughs> this whole article because I loved it so much, but you talk about sort of, it, there's also pitfalls, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, to those working, you know, these jobs or kids are in daycare, it's always a rat race. They're always running around. They have terrible guilt. You know, they may look at what we consider a trad wife and think, oh man, how lovely it is. But then you talk about when you have, you're like home alone with little humans and Mm -hmm. there's no one sort of, there's no manager who says like, did you get that deadline? Did you do these things? And that brings up a whole new set of things that you just, you kind of right. don't have anybody making sure you're doing it right. Tell me a little bit. Right. There's no, that's that, what and we, then we'll play the clip. That's what my friends and I were able to identify is really the, the crux of the, the, the difficulty, the fear. And I want to be, I want to be clear. My husband from the beat, well, from the beat, when we were dating, he said like, look, you, you can work or not work like whatever you want to do. But I'm gonna like we're gonna make enough money so that you can work or not work. Because and that's been choice. true. I've yeah, I've worked or I've not worked. So I I um I practice trad wifery, actually. Um <laughs> so I can't be too harsh <laughs> on it. But and you know, we're devout Catholics and all the rest of it. But the but the the image that's that's put online and and the way that people talk about it, particularly people who have spent half their lives in another way. So like I'm a convert to Catholicism. My family my mom worked full time. Uh, she had a master's degree. Like there's a lot of just higher education. There's a lot of uh, just modern, you know, my brothers are both raging liberals. Like everybody in my family kind of started one way. And if you decide midlife or even the very beginning of having children that you'd like to just like jump on this trad train, it's it, it requires to take your children out of school and all the different structures. And you know this, Julie, from the from your time in uh the lockdown to take kids out and suddenly say like, Oh, we're just going to DIY that. Like, we'll just do all this stuff. You can do it. Like I have done that. And I'm, and I'm, I'm happy that I did it. And I, and it's been a wonderful, um, like just happy, great life that I've had. And I feel like we've been somewhat successful. My oldest is 16. I think my oldest three are about as old as your kids, 16, 14, yep. 12. Yep. Um, and then I have two little, littler ones, but, um, we're happy that we did that. However, what people don't understand is that the that th- those institutions that society has established to help us raise our children do much more than the curriculum. And because curriculum is something that you can sell and package for homeschool moms, that tends to and dad, that tends to be the thing you focus on. Well, let's just get the right curriculum and then everything will be fine. That's like 5% of of doing it. The bigger yeah. thing is creating um so my husband and I are kind of uh, free range parents, but we, but we don't let our kids like go to downtown Stockton and just wander around. So like, so we, we've created kind of a large bubble around our kids and we have 10 to 20 families that have the same cell phone rules and the same uh, media consumption rules and generally the same parenting philosophy. And they have a wide area to have a lot of freedom in that bubble. But the bubble is absolutely created by the parents in order to give the kids enough freedom to have to have self-government, you know, to have free time, to not be scheduled all day long, to have room to kind of experience the freedom of childhood. But you but because our our culture and our institutions are so diseased, you really can't achieve that 1950s or even if it existed then you can't just say like, oh, you know, I'll see you at. I'll see you when the streetlights come on. Like that's not, that's not a thing anymore. So, so the task that is in front of conservative or just really any, actually, it's not just conservative. I have a lot of liberal homeschooling friends. It's any parent that, that has lost faith in, in the institutions that used to help us raise our children. You have a multi-level job in front of you. And, and 
most people, the, the dads want to be involved, but most people, because of this trad idea, think, oh, the wife will do that. But really, if you're thinking about creating a community of parents that you trust, that you could have kind of a little community within the larger town that maybe, you know, there's some people you trust, but maybe you wouldn't totally let your kids just wander around, do whatever. That that community requires both parents. And in some ways, as the kids get older, it requires the dad more. The yeah. dad is the one who takes the kids from, you know, about 9, 10, 11, and, and really starts to say like, okay, this is what the world's going to expect of you. This is what you are going to need to be to be well, accepted and, and, and successful at, you know, in the workforce. Well, you know, I, I think that really parenting is at a weird place. Um, yeah. I think, I think there is, everyone talks about how the public schools failed us and our institutions failed us. I think parents are failing their kids. And I really, and I say that yes. this podcast is literally dedicated to not being a judgy mom who's like only organic food, <laughs> right? I'm not that person. I really am not. But honest to God, it is shocking to me what is going on in these schools mm -hmm. and what people are mm -hmm. okay with secrets mm -hmm. being kept with them. You know, you talked no. about, yeah. the, you know, you're like, oh, well, I have liberal friends who care about this stuff too. I, I do think that it breaks uh, down, yeah. down yeah. political lines because I see, I see um, liberal parents who just don't, there is a, in my, now I know you're in California, but here in, in mm -hmm. Alexander, sorry, in, in Northern Virginia, nine mm -hmm. children overdosed on fentanyl oh at school. Gosh. Yeah. Those, the, the um, schools did not alert mm -hmm. the parents and did not really? alert parents community wide saying we've had nine fentanyl overdoses in the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And th there's an election. I mean, the election day is tomorrow and there's a very good chance. Some of these school board yeah. members who were okay with, with keeping secrets. Now, look, I live in a very, very uh, liberal area of a deep dark mm -hmm. blue section of Virginia. But mm -hmm. when I, when I hear people say, Oh, liberal parents are care, care too. I'm like, do they? Because how in the world could those, it, it, it is amazing to me that it's close and it is right. because it has really broken down ideological lines. And I really do think that you've got parents in this country that are more liberal that really are okay mm -hmm. with some of the things happening. But I want to, I want well, to, let me go ahead. just, let me, let me say one thing to that. A lot of things that we're facing as a country that you ask yourself, like, why don't people see this? Like what's going on? Yes. Psychologically, people will refuse to see something that they do not have a solution for. So a lot of that is is people protecting themselves from from fully the realizing reality. that they, they really must do something because they don't know what to do. So yeah. a lot of it, a lot of it on the on the right or on the school choice or or alternative schooling movement, a lot of the work needs to be done. To, to try to paint, to illustrate a picture that's appealing. And this is one part where I will say that it's it, trad life online is, is absurd, obviously, as everything is online, but it's mostly younger people. And what it's doing is making a different path seem appealing. And they do it with like food and the way they dress and everything. And all that is not the substance, right? But it's designed to, to make the will, to kind of turn the will enough to where you're like, maybe I could do something else. Right. And when people have that thought, then they start to be brave enough to look and see like, oh, like we, we cannot, we cannot participate in these things anymore. Cause I, you're right. It, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not really ideological, although I agree with you that liberals are, are more likely to trust daycare and, uh, and the large, you know, public school institutions. Yeah. I'm a public school kid. My, my husband's also public school. So and we, I graduated in 2000 and I, uh, went to Thomas Aquinas college, which is a pretty difficult school. And I, I had a, I had a really good education. I, I, yeah. I did fine in the math. Like, so there was a time not too long ago that there were silly things going on in public schools. My mom taught at the high school that I went to for 40 years. So she saw it up front, up close. And then in like 2011, she finally was just like, I can't wait to retire. I can't get these kids to do anything. Can't yeah. get anyone to do anything. Yeah. You can't ask them to do homework. It's the whole system is broken down. So yeah. I, there's a sorrow there because you can't, you, you love parts of your childhood, although there was silliness at the time. I mean, it was not like an ideal situation, but I love my childhood. I, I had, I had, I was a three varsity sport athlete. Like I had a great childhood and I can't give that to my kids. I no. just, it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. Right. So I have to, um, I have to cobble together the, the things that I have in front of me. And one of the reasons it's so hard to write about what people should do is it really is a prudence based thing. It's, 
It's, you know, your town, your people, your friends, your individual kids, their personalities. It's your bespoke parenting hour. You can't just say like, oh, here's a roadmap of how you should do everything. That's the genius of the stay-at-home mom. That's the genius of that involved uh, matriarch. Yep. Is that like she's she's got to figure out this entire world, and most of it is joined together by friendships, by people, and by working together with other parents who have the same goal. And it's 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 an awesome, wonderful calling, but it's not what most people think, and well, it's not easy, and it's meant, not it's something not that only the mom does. Well, it's you're right. You mentioned how this movement has many good things. We we kind of touched on some bad yeah. things. But- but um, but conveying this p- potential of this lifestyle to people is very mm-hmm. exciting to me. You mm-hmm. know, because I mm-hmm. I've, I'm much like you. I've worked the whole time, but in some ways, I call it cosplaying trad life because I've always <laughs> yeah. been at home. I've always been at home. Right. It's funny people. I'm always at school pickup, right? Yeah. With snacks. You have your little like, ruffle apron and your little desk. To- totally. You get done and yes. You take it out and yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this is fake. This is actually this whole yeah. outfit's fake. I actually, it's a, yeah. It's a dicky, actually. It's totally. And I have a skirt on. I have a take skirt it off. And yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. a 50s satin like, cocktail dress. Yes, yes. With a cigarette thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gimlet and a cigarette here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I know. So, I know how it is. So. <laughs> But we are lying to young girls today, and that's probably the that this is an option, that this could be an option, and that it's okay. Yeah. And I yeah. want to play a video, and it is a minute, but I, we we gotta we gotta watch this in all its. But hey, anytime we can see blonde girls cry on the internet, honest to God, yeah, it's it. it is it. it's a juicy. And mm-hmm. I I want to mention to the audience, and I mentioned this to you earlier. But there is another video, and it's called. It goes by Shaq Shuka Girl, and mm-hmm. this was a young woman who said she was. If, if you watch that video and didn't see the pain and and what she was yeah. saying, she said, she said, you know, I got, I went out last night. I stayed out too late. I drank too much. But when I got up Saturday morning, all I had to do was teach myself how to make shakshuka. Oh, so yeah. And she was saying, and she said like, yes, mm-hmm. I wish I had kids. I wish I was married, but you know, I had this great life. And if you can't understand that this woman was obviously saying, I'd probably rather be married and have kids, but this is, I'm trying to sort of find the rainbow or like find the silver mm-hmm. lining, right? The reaction to her was so mean. And he, this is another, it's a yeah. similar video to that where I feel like the mm-hmm. reactions, particularly by conservative men, which I'd love to get your thoughts on, has been mm-hmm. really, I think, I mean, that's how you lose conservative women or that's how you lo- lose independent women because, you know, then th- mm-hmm. someone says something that's obviously sad and then you make fun of her. But let's, let's, let's play this. Yeah. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying, but this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college and I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh if i was able to walk to work and it would it'd be fine but i'm not so it literally takes me like i leave here at, like i get on the train at 7 30 and i don't get home till like 6 15 earliest and then like i don't have time to do anything i don't i want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy to work out like that's out the window like I'm so upset. Oh my God. Nothing to do with my job at all, but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy. Being in the office nine to five, like if it was remote, you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like, I'm not home. It takes me long to get home. And like, like people that drive to the office, like it doesn't, you don't get off at five. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but like, I literally get off, it's pitch black, like, I don't have energy, how do you have friends, like, how do you have time to, like, meet, like, a guy, I don't know, like, how do you have time for, like, dating, like, I don't have time for anything, and I'm, like, so stressed out, and I'm also getting my period, so that's why I'm all emotional, but, like, am I so dramatic? It's fine. <laughs> I love the end. Okay. I also love, I, I kind of wonder if that's humor, too, because I, I love, it's fine, <laughs> Everything's fine. Well, I always think of the meme with the, like someone sitting there, they're drinking coffee and the fire's behind them. Yeah, you know, flames. it's everything's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but you know, I yeah. look the likes aside, like, 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 mm-hmm. like, right? The rising, you, mm-hmm. know, you gotta have compassion for that girl. You got you watch that. And I think of myself mm-hmm. starting out in Washington, right? Going, mm-hmm. what have I done? What is going, you know, I went yeah. to college and mm-hmm. and 
and yet again, the response to her and again, Shakshuka girl, and there's a couple other videos, mm -hmm. um, is you're stupid. You should just get married and have kids and stay home. And, you know, mm -hmm. I love that they're never accompanying those conversations are an examination of how men are acting in this country. Um, who yeah. Are increasingly putting off marriage. Sometimes, you know, don't yeah. want to get married until they're older <laughs> and then marry yeah. someone younger. I mean, like, I don't want to get, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, mm -hmm. but um, you know, it's like with Shakshuka girl, you know, she was a little bit older. This is obviously a very young girl. Um, but it was just, it was so cruel. Uh, Matt Walsh responded mm -hmm. to her and called her stupid and said, well, you know, you made the wrong decisions in life. So how, how does your, how do you yeah. react to this video? <laughs> At the very least, our tone is a little, <laughs> a little off. This video, I, I, I think like, yeah, that doesn't sound very fun. You know, I mean, most people. Okay, so a couple of different things. She's running up against, and what most people are running up against in their twenties is the life is a series of of goods that you want, right? Usually, you start out with like, I want to be rich, or I want to be pretty, or you know, and as you go along, these inferior goods show their true colors. And you kind of fall out of love with them for the sake of something better, a better good, right? So humans don't think like, oh, that's bad. And I want it because it's bad. Usually you say like you're attracted to something good in it. And so she's doing the nine to five or whatever, because that's what people do. And she wants to have the things people have. And she's coming up against the reality that she's sacrificing happiness for an unknown period of time. I mean, these kids, right. the, the way the real estate market is now, my husband and I bought our first ranch in 2009 when i was 27 years old and and it was after the 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 crash like we got into the california real estate market it was hard but like it's not as hard as it is it would be for this girl we now. were the same way so, yeah right so older people have to remember like just do just go on zillow and like find a house that you would find oh. that you would not be horrified to live in in your town <laughs> and see what the monthly payment and the with right. it, i mean you have to put a hundred thousand down and then you'd be paying $4,000 a month for a dump that you would never, you a would dump. rather be that, dead. That needs, run, that needs so, renovation. Right. Of course. So, so some of it is just a difference in the economy and what these kids are facing. But, but for all of us, we see something and we're attached to something. We think I want, I want that. And then you go on that road and you think this is, this is ceasing to be worth the good things that I'm sacrificing to have it. And that's a normal adult. See, like a lot of people saw that and saw like, oh, she's close. Like if you just like, if you just were able to describe something better, something slightly more achievable, something that wouldn't require sacrificing 15 years of your youth to attain. And then maybe when you attain it, it's of dubious worth anyway. Right. So so this is a very normal thing that kids go through. I think men sometimes have hard, a hard time responding to that just because of her tone. And there's a lot of different things going on there. I, I, I think it would be better to not respond to the emotion of it all and to be more strategic and in, in looking at that and thinking like this is a common problem it's a normal thing for kids to be like i can't believe i have to spend the next 10 years of my life doing this leaving it dark and getting home when it's dark and she's saying kind of key things how do i make friends how do i meet someone date how do, how I, do I have a yeah, life? and you're right you're what? right Link, yeah. that that area has also fallen apart like right you know and, and that's what actually makes you happy yes like, all of that all of that all, working is when something we, when we, we do in order to afford our life i don't know how i don't <laughs> know how you met your husband but i met my husband at work because we didn't we didn't work virtually we yeah. went to an office. Yeah. I went to an yeah. office. He was two doors down. I was, and we would flirt. And there was this whole very, in, in a way, like, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm startled by the traditional way in which we started dating and, and, and got mm -hmm. engaged. And mm -hmm. that, that also is gone, you know, in large right. part. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, they're just a million. There's, Okay. When society in general breaks down to the point where it's no longer the fringe people that are exiting the main institutions, it's now the normies. Because as you know, COVID accelerated this. All of a sudden it was like, not only did they shut down the schools, but when, <laughs> when they put the Zoom stuff on parents on, they were like, no one's learning anything. Like nothing. <laughs> this is a joke. Like it's worse than a joke. And it's the same with everything. It's the same with, uh, I'm sure, Rotary and everything else that used to, all of our secondary institutions are are struggling to the point where normal people cannot put their kids in these institutions when that happens you have a, a massive social order breakdown and i think 
in some ways, I think it's, it's actually good that we have some time here. Like I don't, I don't hasten the, <laughs> the economic collapse. Like I, I would prefer for things to kind of like go along, you know, long enough to that small communities and, and people, parents who want to work hard at kind of rebuilding some stuff, have some time to use some, some of the newer technology and just the different economic reality that we face, the opportunity to work from home, the opportunity to live in more cheaper rural areas, all of those things are offer um, opportunities for renewal in small areas. But I don't see an obvious policy where we could renew these large institutions that have been taken over and are and are just I mean they're just they're just they're just gravy trains anyway. I mean they're just designed to pump money from the taxpayer to their, you know, to their constituents. So it's it's a it's a tall order. It's difficult for young people. I think a lot of older people don't understand because it, it's a, just a different world than no, they than don't know. Yeah, face. you're right. Um, and so having kids, having teenagers getting to be the point where they're going to go to college and make some of these decisions. Yeah. You, you look at your kids and you just think like, okay, I hope you're not dumb. I hope you don't, you're not a moron. We're making sure that you, you know, you can, you can do math. Well, you can read and write. I mostly just want my kids to be happy. I want them yeah. to know how to make friends. I want them to see their father and I hanging out with our friends and enjoying our life. Like whatever, whatever happened to that? Like, does anyone, does anyone enjoy their life anymore? Like, does anyone, does anyone think to themselves, like what, when my kids see me, are they saying to themselves like, Oh, I hope I can do that when I grow up. Or are they looking oh. like, you know, like, Oh, it looks awesome. I know, like, exhausted. Um, so yeah, yeah it, it's, it's a difficult, um, it's a, it's a huge challenge. Like I said, I, I've embraced elements of the trad life. If you're, if you're um, orthodox in your faith, you, you, it kind of happens for you, right? You don't have to do a lot of this LARPing because the elements of the faith and actually actually following the, the doctrines of the faith will do this for you without you having to do a lot, which is another problem with trad life. They're not exactly religious trad, but they want to they have all the trappings of it. And, and that's, um, I think if people just kind of, Focus on what they have. Focus on the friends that they have. People that during the during COVID, if you if you had people you could talk to and say true things to, and you without fear, those are your friends. Like if you if you were able to identify like this person, I can level with, and I can tell them we might disagree, but I can tell them I'm feeling this way about you know whether COVID is dangerous for kids, or I'm feeling this way about the shots. Right? You don't have to agree. You just have to have someone that that wants to live in reality with yeah. you. Yeah. You find those people. I would, I, what we did is we, we, uh, my husband and I met at Thomas Aquinas college. We had a couple friends who also met and married out of that school. And, uh, two or three years after I, I'm, I'm from angels camp. So I, um, I moved home with my dad wasn't well. My mom needed help taking care of him. Um, and we convinced those friends to move up and, and figure it out with us. And that's, and we had this one couple, and we don't agree. We don't agree on how she has her babies at home and I prefer the hospital, you know, like, like Jim Gaffigan. And I want my babies to live. No, <laughs> you know, I'm with you. She has her babies in a field. No, she, I'm always she, like, she actually I'm has, always like, there's way fewer complications. Like, than where I do, does the we waste agree. go? I'm always like, where? No, I know. I just, like, you know, what? you get a you know new mattress. I never understand these things. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Wanna don't know. ask. Don't oh, and when they have them. And okay. Can we just take a moment? Can we just take a moment? Can we talk about when you have your baby in a pool, right? They put the baby no. pool in there and then you're sitting in it. I'm like, what? You're sitting in it. Okay. Oh, okay. And, and secondly, like some people have bodies that are like, oh, I'm relaxed in oh, my sorry. body. Cause I have weird, I have, I have like weirdly, I have like no platelets. So I can't have epidurals cause they're oh, like, you're going to die. So I have to like, it's, it's the like, think of the worst possible thing. That's what it was like, I, you know. And they're like, oh, get in the water, you know. Yeah, and I love, I love all these women. And I'm like, and they're always, they're always, all these women are always in a bralette. You know, those bralettes, which like, there's no wires and there's no cups. And there's like, it's just like, basically like the skinniest little sports bra. And I'm like, (laughs) my breasts would be like, I would need another room for it. I do, I do. Some of us are just not made have pregnancy and childbirth look good and i'm one of those girls i i do not excel in that area and i you know my husband he was there for everyone at the hospital but but he was like please please just i want to be excused and i was like you know me too 
If we both by the end, it was like, what are you're we both not? in the waiting room smoking. <laughs> that's where my mind is. It's like, you know what? This is barbaric. I'm also gonna leave. And that's okay. So anyway, long story short, my friend and I disagree about that stuff. She is like crunchy to the max. She has like a milk, like she does all the things. We can be honest with each other. And yeah. we generally are not identical, but generally we can talk to each other about serious things, about how to raise our kids. From that one friendship that we somehow held on to, and we've had a lot of fights over the because you know it's a small, it, they live in a different town now close by, but it's a small community and a small friendship. It's a lot of strain on one friendship. We have from there other, you know, siblings, other college friends. We have a huge group now that um uh, full of people that relatively huge for you know the three thousand person town that i live in but but i found that that one friendship that was a true friendship where you could tell people your what you actually think you didn't have to hide from them what you actually think and they and they and they did the same with you that's enough and you can get together and you'd say what are we going to do about cell phones what are we going to do about dating what are we right. going to do about, you know, what this happens? You don't have to do the, the thing that people miss is that they want there to be a, a manual. Like this is what yes. you do. the manual is the 10 commandments. Like the manual is like, the, like a couple of, right. It's not very many things. Everything else is left for prudence. And if you have some people you trust with you physically in your community, you can get together and you could be like, okay. Um, one thing we decided on, we don't do smartphones for our kids. They have, they text and they have phones. And we have our, like my oldest three share a phone. It's pretty hard to get in trouble with yeah. a phone, text and pictures when you're, when your 12 year old brother's sharing it. Right. You know, right. The, the main computer in the house, it's in the main room. You have yep. to be with a, with another sibling because they do homework together. You know, you have to yep. have someone there and it's, and anyone can walk through the room at any time. It's not, it's not rocket science. You just have to get together and think to yourself, okay, all bets are off. Society is no longer going to solve these problems for us you yeah. think about like how do you want your kids to turn out what do you want your sons to be like what do you want your daughters to be like who can you think of that you admire and and ask them like well how do, how do you think you you know how would your parents handle this or what how would you do this and you just kind of you just kind of brainstorm it and you try things and i think it's it's the reason i wrote that article a couple of people are like oh this is so depressing like what's the solution and because I didn't put solutions in it, I said, well, you have people have to know that there's a problem. They have to know they have to know where we are in order to get to the point where it's like, OK, it's not just staying home and baking. It's 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 creating You're 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 more like a city. You're more like a philosopher king than anything else. The, you know, like you're creating a world with a bunch of other basically neighboring kingdoms. Where in your house, it's, you know, you and your husband, you have your way of doing things and not everyone has to do it the same way. But you're kind of, um, you're joining together with other sensible people who haven't lost their yes. mind, right? And you're, and you're coming up with a childhood and a life that, that your kids could look at and be like, you know, that was really great. Seems like and my parents had a really it, good time. It is harder. You know? This is the other thing your article is so important. Why your article is. We, we played that clip of that woman crying because she's on a nine to five yeah. grind. But what trad, the what the trad movement sometimes does, and this is why I wanted to have you on, is it says, this traditional life will solve all of your problems. Oh, no. And I want to yeah. read this last. This yeah. was so, I loved your last paragraph. If we're going to ask women to stay at home and raise children, if we're going to tell them to pull their kids from school and homeschool them, them we should know what it is we are asking. The stay-at-home mom, because this is, and again, I'm interrupting your paragraph here. This is, you, you are so real here and you're, and there's a lot to romanticize about the life that yeah. I've chosen and you've chosen. But you say the stay-at-home mom cannot escape into a system and hide from her own ungovernability. Not, yeah. not only will she tell on herself, and there's a whole thing. Yeah. You're so brilliant how you talk about her children, her life's greatest work will eventually tell on her too. And I loved your part about how eventually people will tell. Yeah. If you failed at this incredibly right. important role, you say it is a monumental yeah. task calling forth resolution and self-possession on a scale that most of us have never practiced for the, that very reason, a reason it is ennobling, but it's also severe and demanding road bereft of honors and outside encouragement. Our advertisements mm -hmm. for homemaking should include that fact. This is a spiritual battle. 
not a cakewalk. Expectations need to be set at this level. Otherwise, as my mother said, and you referenced your mother earlier in the piece, yeah. women will flee to the workplace. And my point is, is that if we're not honest with people about this trad life and this trad wife and all this mm -hmm. stuff, then we're going to get Shekshuka lady and this young girl on there going, I want to go back to work. I don't well, want and, to. And, and worse, you're not going to help keep marriages together right. because people will have a, an incorrect understanding of how hard it is. And it's, and men, you know, men have their work and it's hard for them to see the differences. Chesterton has some good stuff on this, his famous quote about how women, like men do one thing. You know, most of us specialize at one thing, basically, in our, in our career. Women have to be generalists and do everything for different personalities not do everything but you're again you're creating a world and you're noticing like this child is this way that child is that way no the, the greatest check against communism is a mother who will look at that child and say no you're not number four billion three hundred and eighty six thousand in the child care industry or in the call you know you're not a number you're this kid you like this color you like this hobby you're going to do these things like you need to work on these things that's the mother that most most of the time sees that and it's her genius that thinks that okay this particular kid needs this this particular kid needs this and and homeschooling and taking them out of that one size fits all system you can actually do a better job of addressing some of their various things like my daughter is in a pretty high-end sewing school that we just happen to have some san francisco art people like you know that started this thing she's been there for two years she can like she has a kind of like a long torso and you know she she can fit like thrift clothes to herself and like do all this stuff she sews all the halloween costumes like she's just going nuts my son happens to be pretty pretty gifted musically and he's in three uh kind of high level uh music classes at the local community college with a friend with a with a friend who's a girl who i know will tattle <laughs> And I like I drop them off and the mom picks them up and like for the most part, like they're gone all day. We don't know what they're doing, but for the most part, I think we'd hear. You yeah, know, so like yeah. you can you there's an incredible amount of freedom and there's an incredible amount of creativity that goes into into building this kind of life. If but it takes an incredible amount of either well, when I was dumb, it's just stupidity, right? When you're young, you don't know. But but if you're old enough, that's the trouble with older women, like the, the one in the video you referenced, you're kind of too old to be dumb. <laughs> naive anymore so you 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 properly kind of ascertain the difficulty of what you're about to embark on and it's terrifying and so what the right needs to do people like matt walsh and all the rest of it insofar as they want to address this particular problem you need to paint the goal enticing enough and real enough to where people want it and can overcome their fear of doing something so different and 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 embarking into the unknown, something they don't know how to do. But what people don't understand, and what I didn't understand when I was, you know, 27, I, I just ended up here because I needed to help my mom take care of my dad. And I like, we grew up with land. So I, you know, my husband and I both wanted land and animals and the rest of it, but we didn't know what we were doing. Like we had no idea. And what you realize later on is like, people are lonely because they don't try to do things that they need friends for. Yeah. Like you can't just live a perfect life where you don't, you, everything is sufficient. You don't need anyone and be like, why don't I have friends? You don't have friends because you're not embarking on an adventure. You're not doing something where you have to have friends in order to survive, right? So think about like all like like Frodo and Sam and the two guys in Lonesome Dove. Like the, the reason that so many of our stories have this, this difficult adventure and these wonderful friendships to tell that story is because that's that's what all of us are doing. You have it. You don't know how to have a family. You don't know how to keep a marriage together. You don't know how to raise kids, especially if you can't do it the way that your parents raised you. That is the adventure and the friends and the things that give it all meaning will come along if you can just like put your toe in the water enough and, and deal with the fear of it enough to kind of embark and try. Because that's where I found just the most, the most strong friendships, the most meaningful parts of my life. Where when my husband and I were just scared, like we... COVID, he lost his entire income overnight, just overnight. We restarted it at 40 because he was in the hospitality industry. He worked for a, he was a vice president of a, of a furniture manufacturer that makes uh, furniture for hotels and convention centers. Oh, God. Oh, lame. <laughs> and oh. so, and so both of our dads had built houses and my husband had some experience in construction and 
I remember, I mean, I remember just looking at each other and we were just like, and all, and a lot of local people were like, oh, you know, just shut down the economy. No one's important. And we were like, you're shutting us down. So no income overnight. And then we had to homeschool our kids. I had my kids in a private Christian school and they were like, hey, it's Zoom time. And I thought, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not having five kids or four kids on devices all day. And I'm not facilitating that. So it was immediate and we were scared and, and we just, we had our friends and we figured it out. And now we have, you know, towards the tail end of COVID and actually all the way through COVID, we had enough people here in the trades and stuff. And we were able to jump into kind of custom home building and stuff. And and now no one can touch us. It doesn't matter. They can shut down whatever they want. They can shut down the entire economy. The Bay Area people will still come up here and beg my husband to build them house. Well, I'll tell They're you not what. not too picky when they need I, you. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you, COVID was, it changed a lot of people. It changed me. It changed me for the better, and it uh, yeah. it I homeschooled. That was the, my first foray right. homeschooling, yeah. and we pulled our kids out of the public school. And this is it's something I've talked about on this podcast before that I'm a little yeah. embarrassed by how I was a little bit uh, comfortable in this world that we had created where my kids are going to the public schools and everything kind of seemed okay. But I had this nagging feeling things weren't okay. And we really had to grapple with that. And now our lives have completely changed and we're much more faithful. We're much more alive where we are closer as a family. Right. Um, And that ax murder is no longer following you in your mind. Right. Am I right. right about that? That's okay. right. My entire so when I got married, a lot of people homeschool. Uh, a lot of homeschoolers go to Thomas Aquinas College. So I I have a lot of friends who are homeschooled. I liked being a public school kid. I liked being a jock. Um, I yeah. didn't want to homeschool my kids. And I spent the first ten years of my marriage running away from homeschooling. I started a school, started a cottage school to get away from it, and then we moved to our new ranch. And then I I put them in the the Christian school all the time. Like. Oh, please, like, let, let, it not, let me not have to do this. I want to work. I want to do all this stuff. I have my ranch, whatever. And I, like a Greek, like a tragic Greek figure, I just ran right into it. Right. Just right into it. Just right. totally, like, you're going to homeschool and you, and everything's shut down and it's over. And, and it, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. I figured it out. I, I homeschooled in the home the first year with Seton. I was just like, give me a curriculum. We'll just see if we can do it. And then you, oh, and then you uh, so train great. them. Yeah, you just train them to to it. That's a lot of training, you know. To yeah. you know, go do this and bring it right. back to me, and you have to train right. yourself. Yes. To like check their work. The but grading. The same, right. The same situation you had. My son was in seventh grade, my oldest, and he had good grades in math, and he did not learn any math that year at that Christian school, at that classical Christian school. And what we learned is that you know it's very difficult to find someone who actually wants to teach your kid math and spelling and grammar. There are a few areas that it's, you're just it's always going to do it anyway. We found that like we were doing it at home anyway. We had to teach him how to, you know, we had to do the homework and everything else. So when we took him out, it was like, okay, we had like, just like you mentioned uh, on, a, I think a different podcast with someone else, you had to catch your son up several years with math. We had to do that with my oldest. Yeah. And my husband is a, um, went to school for engineering before he went to Thomas Aquinas College. So he has the high math. So he does math. He does math and science and I do the language arts. And then after the second or third year of homeschooling, I was able to find, I have a, I have a former SpaceX rocket scientist that happens to live in town that does a shop class with all the kids. And then I have a a 40 year teacher who did, who taught language. Like you, if you look, you can find people that will help you with this. And I think that that that's another area of this sort of trad life and trad wife and stuff like that is that, if you listen to Lane, it is what Lane is saying. That there's lots about my life that are very traditional, but it's like, yeah. I'm not doing it all on my own. And no. I was the same way when I was homeschooling, I had a tutor come in and then we did, yeah. we did Memoria Press and there was a, mm-hmm. a memori- yeah, there, was, there was actually an online class that I signed my son up for, which was yeah. mm-hmm. the teacher was like right here the entire time. The teacher yeah. never left the screen and the, it was a great class. Um, mm-hmm. And so there are all of these wonderful um sort of aids that make it easy and and you have to create your own there's as you said there's no guide there's no right there's no guide which is terrifying and and a lot of people aren't going to understand they're going to think that you're bogus and you have to get really comfortable with being totally bogus to most like just totally a joke 
Like, I mean, you know, full disclosure, we were supposed, <laughs> I have to tell you a story. We were supposed to record this podcast last week, right? but Lane, my husband's switched the internet to a different provider because we're in a freaking bowl. And so we had to get like Starlight to come through space and my internet didn't work properly. And then I was dealing with your media person and like, I go outside to call her and like my phone that usually works drops the call. So oh I'm like, God. just like, I might as well be in space. Like I, you're, it's just not reachable. And then she caught like, you know how phones, like all of a sudden it connects and I'm next to my cows who have decided they need to be fed. And they're like mooing. And I'm like running away from my cows <laughs> with this fancy person on the East coast. And she's just like, and we're talking about, she, she, she was super nice. And she Natalie's was like, wonderful. Do, yeah, she's awesome. And she, she said something like, do you, do you have a place to go on Monday? Like the tone, like, like, do you have a safe place? Like, Natalie's like, like, I think like they live in a tent. <laughs> no, it was, we actually, most of the time are in the 21st century. It's just, it's just an example of like, when you decide to do something different, you're going to feel foolish and people are going to think you're a fool most of the time. And you have to, and this, and you have to roll with it and relish it. You have to get to the point where you're like, yes, we don't do normal things. We don't do what everyone does and we like what we do. And you have to, you have to over a period of time when you're in your twenties and stuff, it's hard to be confident. But when you get one thing to look forward to as your face and all of your body starts to like, you know, like drag, you know, like, that's, that's bad, but you, but you gain a certain amount of confidence and you say to yourself, like, screw it. I have cows that are mooing at me and I cannot, <laughs> right. And I'm, a, I'm sending Julia carrier pigeon with a scroll with my thoughts on my article and it'll get to you three weeks from now, Julie. Yes. That's all it's, it's going to be like wrapped up on its little ankle or whatever. Like that's, you know. so, <laughs> so the point of it is like, you have your, you have your spouse and it's an adventure and it, and it, most of the time you feel like you won't know what you're doing. And then you have your friends and with that, and you don't have to like wear aprons and you don't have to do all the visual trappings. But what people are doing online is they're trying to paint a picture that's appealing and they get lost in the details because they don't know what it'll look like when it's fleshed out. But when it's fleshed out, you can, you can actually be a pretty normal person and have uh, time to work and have time to do all sorts of things. If you look at your goal and you say, what, what money do I have to work with? What people are in my community that I could set up in my little pod? What do I want to do day to day? What makes me happy as a mother? And then how can I fit in? How can I customize this? Basically, you're a curator. You're like a museum yeah. curator. You, you come up and you think to yourself, I'll take some of that and some of that. I don't actually, I, I do a seminar with uh, the older teens in the community, like a lit seminar. I don't actually teach my kids at all. I don't, I did the first couple of years and I was like, we can find better. <laughs> but you know, like, but Lane, the other thing you know, is, like, is the, the, you don't the have other, to do it. The other thing that everyone avoids talking about and we're coming up here at the end so this can be a good yeah. place to sort of end this is is nobody wants to really go here but it's good to be home with your kids it's good yeah. to give your children that time it is good mm -hmm. for children to have someone at home with them it is good mm -hmm. for children to have help with their homework and life's choices mm -hmm. and things like that it is good for kids mm -hmm. to have that support that is something too that the minute you say that you're somehow being judgy against working moms right. and this is this people don't want to look at it but you you have to be again find people you can say true things to that won't punish you for it and then yes be brave enough to notice and accept truth. And yeah. one of the things that people do is they hire women usually whose you know English isn't their first language as a nanny, which is fine. Like I understand that. But you're but the zero to five years is when kids learn all of their vocabulary. Edie Hirsch and all these people, this is this is like in the research. Kids have an incredible advantage being around a highly educated woman the first five years of their life. In some ways the public school system, even before it collapsed, could never figure out how to bridge that gap. You could never make up for what a good, well-educated mother, just the kids hearing the vocabulary that she uses. It's actually fascinating, the, the yeah. research on that. I had, you know, I did, I, I, I think around the time when my kids were really young, I was, I was doing some writing for you guys. And I, you know, I, I worked for PRI, I worked for various places. And I wanted to hire a nanny because, you know, I, want, I had stuff to do. I was, you know, and I looked at this and I thought, I am not going to hire, a, you know, a $15 hour, $20 hour, she, you know, wonderful woman who has no English language skills because who, you know, like usually it's going to be an immigrant of some sort who, who, you know, speaks broken English probably in California. 
that's silly. I'm shooting myself in the foot. So I just, I just said no to that. I just said like, well, it would be nice to be able to sprint full speed ahead in, in career stuff, but I'm not going to do that. So right. I stayed home with them and, and I, you know, I speak my dumb big words and it seems like, <laughs> it seems like it's paying off. And, and moreover, I had a nice time and I figured out how to make myself happy and fulfilled in my own life, which I think is a big part of, it's a big part of it anyway. Like think about not, think about coming up with things to make being home wonderful to make to, it's okay to think like what would it what would need to happen for me to be happy yes. staying home with my kids and, and then that, come and then do that for yourself and do you that know? for yourself lane yeah. i i feel like we could go another hour i've had such a fun time but so much fun talking such to you fun. honestly <laughs> this has been amazing and i hope you'll come back because yeah i'm a regular reader of your your stuff and so you know yeah. next time come back and where can people find you your writing or do you have any social platforms um I have started a Substack. Um, oh, good. Because it's like, where can be? I am on Twitter, but I don't. I don't I'm not super active there because I, I just. I, but yeah. I, I'm a lurker on Twitter, so I'm on Twitter, Lane Smith Scott, and then I, I have a Substack called uh, Matriarch Goals. Love it. <laughs> and so Love we it. can. So we're gonna we're gonna start putting some things together and hopefully fleshing out some ideas of how to do this because. Great. Um, the, the article that we came up with for American mind is, uh, hopefully going to be the start of kind of looking into this, just what, you know, what it looks like to kind of step back from some, some of the institutions that don't work anymore and trying to make it work. So. Well, I love it. And I hope we stay in touch on that. Cause I think IWF has a great interest in that. And, uh, you're just, yeah. such a fun, you're a super fun guest. So come back soon. Thank <laughs> you, Lane. I look forward to it. Thanks, Julie. The Bespoke Parenting Podcast with Julie Gunlock is the production of the Independent Women's Forum. You can send comments and questions to julie.gunlock at iwf.org. Please help me out by hitting the subscribe button and leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Google Play, YouTube, or iwf.org. Hang in there, parents, and go bespoke.